Hello and welcome to the latest Talking City podcast. My name is Dan Murphy and I'm joined today by our illustrious city writers, Mr. Simon Bakowski. I, I just don't know if I've said that right, Simon, to be honest with you. I've only worked with you for two years. You have but we'll plough on, Dan. Well, listen, you know, it's a debut <laughs> for me, so I'm struggling yeah. already. I've not actually heard anyone's voices from the office for the last seven months either, so it's all it's, new, it's all strange. It's a delight to hear yours. Oh, I'm sure it is. These dulcet Wigan... Tones or <laughs> Northwest Averton, whatever you like. And also joining me is Mr. Stu Brennan. Stu, how's it going? Okay, mate. Okay. Glad, glad to good. hear you back. I guess we start with um, the Wolves. We play Wolves first. Uh, City. How, how do we see this game going? City, how are they looking side, um, fitness wise, squad wise? Who's in training? Who's going to be there for the first game? And like, where do we see this first game going against Wolves before we talk about the season at large? I mean, everyone everyone will be there for the first game, but how fit everyone will be uh, remains to be seen. There have been a lot of players away on international duty. Um, been, we've had Imeric Laporte and Riyad Mahrez uh, self-isolating with after positive COVID tests. We've had Pep Guardiola quarantining because of um, he went on holiday to, to Spain. So um, I think it'll be a bit of a sort of all hands to the deck and see who's naturally fit, like your, your Sterlings and Bernardos and players like that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that might get the nod for, for Wolves. It's just going to be a turn up this week at the CFA and see what kind of shape everyone's in, I reckon. How are we, how are we doing with Aguero? Is he still on the recovery? Could he be fit for Monday? Well, I think the plan is that he's fit. I mean, he, he was planning to be fit for... Um, sort of the back end of the Champions League. Mm. So a few stories saying, oh, you know, the, he's uh, got a fitness boost, but Aguero's been at the training ground longer than anyone. So, I, you know, I didn't think his, his fitness was in question, to be honest. But still, like, do, do we see him starting? Like, Jesus kind of took the role, Stu, towards the end of the season. He kind of took the mantle pretty well and was really good against Real Madrid in the second game, as well as the first game even if Aguero is fit does Jesus kind of get the starting berth for this next season considering Aguero's not what in his early 30s only a year left of his current contract like just City now still needs to have like an exit plan for Aguero and does, is this Jesus' season I, th- I think I think he probably will get the nod uh, I mean obviously it all depends on all kinds of things how they show in training and so on but certainly in the Champions League I mean I, I wrote a couple of pieces saying that you know every, everyone every press conference uh, you know the Real Madrid after the head of the Real Madrid the second leg people there was like a big will he will Aguero be fit every every press conference asking Pep will will, will Aguero be fit mm-hmm. but I think the fact is that whether he was fit or not Jesus was going to start that second leg mm-hmm. and he justified that by being man of the match in the second leg just as he was in the first leg as well mm-hmm. um, so I think I mean games like that uh, Pep prefers Jesus because he's you know he, he just gives that a little bit more work rate and gives something a little bit different to Aguero up front mm-hmm. um, Premier League you know no doubt last season Aguero was, was still first choice um, that has to start changing fairly soon you would think uh, mm-hmm. like you say Aguero's just got one year left um, and I would think Aguero's been out that long, you, you perhaps wouldn't want to chuck him straight back in. Uh, I know it's different coming out of pre-season, but it's been such a messy pre-season. Mm. Uh, like Sai said, it's, it's a case of seeing who's, who's fit and who isn't. You know, they've, mm-hmm. they've had staggered returns. Um, and they started a week later than everyone else, so they're, they're already, you know, behind the eight ball. Uh, can I just mention as well, Liverpool getting a... A shockingly dodgy VAR decision on the opening day. That kind of sets the tone <laughs> as well. Of course. Um, it just doesn't seem... I mean, I don't... Is it, is it me? I mean, I've been on my sick bed for a couple of days, but uh, it seemed to me that it's, it's hardly been mentioned, the fact that, that that should not have been a penalty. You know, it absolutely which one? Shouldn't. Which one? Is that the second or the first one? The, the first one. The first one. I mean... I, uh, uh, right. I, it should have been because the rules, but the rules are awful, as we all know. Yeah. Like, no. under, yeah, I think that's it. And it's a shame yeah. because... Robin Pankery, they've signed, was the one who gave it away, and he looks like he'd be quite a good player from what I've seen. When you say it should be because of the rules, I I mean, I've looked this up. I've I've got the IFAB. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I've got it in front of me here. Banging us with facts here. (laughs) It says, um, the following will not usually be a free kick, um, unless it's in 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 an attacking situation, in other words, if, if there's use of an arm that leads to a goal. 
so in other words, in a defensive situation, the following will not usually be a free kick. The ball touches a player's hand or arm directly from their own head, body or foot, or the head, body or foot of another player who is, who is close. So, oh, so it's... Yeah, so so, so when, when it says usually, what it, yeah. me, what it means is that from now the interpretation is that if it flicks off someone's body as it did in that situation, then um, they will then decide was the player's arm what was the player's arm in a, a natural position and, and it, was he trying to play the ball? And in both cases for Leeds, uh, the answer was probably yeah. no. Well, you say that, but I, I've checked the IFAB. This, this was IFAB last summer. These, these were the updates, the updated, you know, the new rules that had come in. So I checked them for this summer just to make mm. sure they hadn't changed. Well, it's yeah. changed well, either of a T-shirt now, isn't it, or something? I think what's confused some people is that there are sort of like some basic rules set out on websites that we all turn to when there's a dodgy decision, but then there's also kind of extra coaching yeah. given referee to referees guide, and the referee training guidelines. Given, yeah. And then yeah. training given to referees. And um, yeah, that's, that's how they're, they're dealing with it this season. And um, so there's kind of probably going to be more penalties in the Premier League mm. this year than there were previously, because now, well, yeah, that's mm. the case. So last, like last, summer's, last summer's new rules that IFAB put out are, are now completely pointless because they they've, they've sort of rewritten the, the guidelines have just overruled them. No, they're still they're still the same, but it's just the Premier League interpretation is more now in line with the other European leagues. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so that does, in short, no one knows sense. what's going on again yeah. as last last year, and it will continue, no doubt, forever. One thing we can know a little bit about is kind of City's um, record against Wolves last year. It was awful side. They lost twice. <laughs> well, lost deservedly in twice. Um, Triore in both games, giving them the absolute runaround. Uh, Benjamin Mendy might well be having nightmares ahead of this game. Actually, I don't even know if Triore is available because he left the Spain squad for um, coronavirus reasons. So he might not even be available anyway, which might be a good thing for City. But they're playing Wolves side, a team they had problems with last year. First day of the season, like how, how do you see this going? Wolves have lost Johnny, the left, the first choice left wing back. They brought in a few Portuguese lads who nobody knows anything about, so it's kind of impossible <laughs> to impossible to think how good they'll be again. But how how do we see this game going on the first day? For yeah, they, they lost uh, three times to them last year because they they also lost the Pre- Premier League Asia Trophy. Yeah, who could forget that? Um, who could forget that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that good coaches tend to have more of a chance against Guardiola teams than mm. not so good coaches and uh, Nuno has, has given City trouble um, pretty much every game so it's going to be a tough game I think it's going to be one of those where you know you try and say it early on but more than ever like you can't take very much from the first game if they win mm. yeah it might be good for morale to get um, a win over Wolves which they haven't had many of but um there is still so much kind of uncertainty in that squad that you can't mm. make too many sweeping conclusions. And if they lose, well, they've lost to Wolves before and still won the league in the same season. So yeah. there's um, it, it's a really boring answer. Um, but <laughs> it, it's going to be a tough game and mm-hmm. um, they're just going to have to try and, and hit the ground running because they've really not had much good preparation mm. time at all. Mm. Well, they've not even had a pre-season game from my look. They've probably had training matches within the youth teams and whatnot, but they've had no proper friendlies with the look of it. Even United managed to squeeze one in on Saturday and another team who yeah. only, you know, had Although, was late in preparations. Is it better to have no have no friendlies or to lose to Aston Villa? I'm well, not sure. that is the question. It is the question. It's certainly probably better for fan morale because we all know <laughs> certain sectors of fan bases have reacted to such defeat. But Stu, City will have two new players at, well, at least that we know of for Monday. They might, I doubt there'll be more by then, but you never do know in this exciting world. But um, Nathan Ake and Ferran Torres have both come in. It, it, ages ago, it feels like now. So early in the window, mm-hmm. they've got that business done. How do you rate that business for City so far? And like, Do you expect them to play a, a role in the uh, first game of the season and going forward throughout the campaign? I think they'll play a role. I mean, what it'll be. Uh, I, I like Slicer with Mara's um, Maras is probably ruled out. Bernardo's had an injury, so you kind of think it's opened up for him. He may just he may just start Torres. Um, 
I mean, he looks looks a bargain for twenty one million. He's, he's you know everyone you speak to in Spain says he's you know the next big thing in the, in the Spanish national squad. So you know it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Ake, I mean, again, Laporte is is the other is the other player who's tested positive for COVID. So again, it looks like it's opened up for him mm. as well. Um, he may well have started in in harness with Laporte because obviously City have got a problem there. I mean, ideally, you wouldn't want two left-footed centre-backs, but, you know, um, City have played long enough with two right-footed centre-backs. See, well, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. That, that's a weird thing. Why do we have like this aversion to two left-footed centre-backs, but two right-footed <laughs> centre-backs, no one ever bats an eye at? I don't get that. Well, the only well, the thing is, I wouldn't normally, but the only thing is with City is that they use the centre-backs to launch attacks. You see Laporte um, playing, you know, sweeping 40, 50-yard passes out to the right wing with his left foot. Um, it's not as easy to... He does do it pretty well, actually, but it's not mm-hmm. as easy to do that down the left flank, you know. Um, yeah. and, and if he's got the ball on, on the left, all the space is generally on the right because teams shift across. So if you've got a, if you've got a left footer who can do that and a right footer who can, who can play, it out to the, uh, play it out to the left wing and do, do the same in reverse, you know, that, that's, that's kind of a perfect balance in a, in a pep mm-hmm. team. I mean, it's not vital. I mean, it's not vital defensively. Um, I think it helps defensively, but um, you know, City have done it. Done it. It's just a case of what Pep wants from his team. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he wants he wants a good left-footed passing centre back and a good right-footed passing because it just opens up that that extra extra option. Um, I, I don't think he'd bat an eyelid to to play Ake and Laporte together, mm-hmm. um, and certainly, I think he might. Against obviously he can't, he probably can't do it because we, we we're not sure where Laporte's up to, but I wouldn't think he'll be right right to play um, against a, against a team like Wolves with all that pace. You know, mm-hmm. you, you'd be looking to have have a bit of pace in in, your, in centre of your defence, uh, and that, that's one reason that Ake has been bought because he's a bit quicker than the options City have already got. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if 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 he had the option if he'd have played played them both together. And how do you see the game going itself when we, we line up on Monday? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a bit of a mental block with with Wolves with City. Um, so certainly the fans is a little bit of oh no, not Wolves kind of thing. But when you think about it, I mean that that last game, the, the three two defeat at Molyneux around Christmas time, uh, people forget City were down to ten men for just about the entire game. Edison was sent off early on, mm-hmm. um, and they were City, City were two one up. You know they they were ahead. Uh, well, they were two nil up um, going into the setting half, um, and then you know it, all, it fell apart at the end because of because, again because of individual defensive errors. Um, so you know I'm not sure they need to be that that scared of Wolves um, if if they just kept eleven men on the field. I think they would have won that game uh, and they nearly won it anyway. It was only two goals in the last ten minutes that, that lost them the game. Um, the home game was was a case of Wolves, you know, doing a number on them in, in terms of using Traore on the break, using Raúl Jiménez on the on the break, and doing doing it really well. Um, so you know, City know what to expect, um, and I would imagine that they will come up with a, a plan to to try and negate that. You know, it's it's something it's, it's a problem they've had ever since Pep came. That you know, mm-hmm. playing a high line. And when you're playing yeah. a high line against fast teams, it's it's always going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would think that 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 they would do a sort it out by now. So, what do you reckon? Score prediction? Let's have it. Um, I, I mean, said all that, I think perhaps a draw because City have had such a bitty pre-season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's been so messy. They haven't had Pat Pep there. The, the players have been coming back in dribs and drabs. Um, they'll have a couple of players not available um, because of the COVID test. So I, I just think it's, it's all a bit messy at the minute. I mean, I know everybody's had the same, uh, everyone's had, had problems because of the, the lockdown and everything, but it just feels that City have perhaps been affected mm-hmm. a little bit worse than others. Um, and, Wolves, and Wolves are very good uh, and we'll fancy the chances, but I'd, I'd, I'd go for a draw, a scoring mm-hmm. draw as well, 2-2 maybe. And so, si, what do you reckon for score? Obviously, Wolves actually play tonight. I kind of keep, I keep forgetting, I keep thinking they're in the Europe bubble with the City, but they're not. They actually play Sheffield United tonight, so maybe we we'll actually have a better idea of how Wolves will play. 
after recording this as it always goes. But um, what, do you, what do you reckon it'll go to, uh, Sam? Yeah, I'd, uh, in my ignorance, completely forgotten that Wolves were playing uh, mm-hmm. tonight or this week, this game week, because yeah, um, yeah. I just assumed because, A, they started the season in like last July. Yeah. Um, and because they were involved in the Europa League last stages that I thought they'd be given a rest, but... Uh, but no, I don't get why they haven't, because I'm sure, I swear they were one of the teams who had requested did it. They, did they go out everyone else around has. before United? Yeah, well, they did not take by Sevilla. Yeah, they? yeah. So I think maybe that is the reason that um, mm. they've been given a week a week less. But still, it, it doesn't seem that, that fair on them. So for that reason, I will maybe go for... Um, the two-one, two-one City, perhaps. Mm. But um, I mean, I'm playing fantasy league now mm-hmm. after a long hiatus, so um, I don't care about sort of results as long as the players that I've got to do well. Yeah, Wolves clean sheet would do me because Vinagre <laughs> bargain of the season. Him and Alioski midfielder actually in defence this year's John Lundstrom. I'm telling me, <laughs> but as we as we're saying, the season has already started. Uh, it was a it was a quite, it's been quite an interesting start to the season. Obviously, the pick of the games was Liverpool Leeds. Liverpool to win his start, starting in a thrilling four-three game, starting on like the front foot of the title defence. It's a big season for City. They've, you know, they're, they're probably at the lowest ebb since Guardiola came in, getting kind of humiliated last year in the massive, uh, massive gap with which Liverpool won the league, and with how early they won it. It's a big season for them, Stu. Um, and you know, and not not only in the Premier League, the Champions League is getting more important than ever after yet yet another um, kind of shortcoming uh, in this year's quarterfinal. How how do you see the kind of the season going for City? Like, how big is it for them, and how important is it kind of getting back on back on top of the pile? And yeah, do it? it is very much so. I mean, the, the amount that's been invested in the squad, both in terms of uh, you know spending on players and and also bringing in Guardiola and his staff. Um, you know, you need returns and, and winning one League Cup um, isn't enough. I mean, you've got to put that in context, of course, because of the two previous seasons were just absolutely outstanding. And you, mm-hmm. you do well to keep that going for a third year, especially when you've got Liverpool performing the way they yeah. did. I think they just burnt everybody off. You know, people, people talked about, you know, in the past when, when United and other teams have won three three titles on the bounce. But I don't think they had a Liverpool in the third season. You know, I think they've... Uh, uh, the, the, perhaps the challenges weren't there when, when that's happened in the past, but the challenge is, is there, and, and Liverpool have set a new standard. Um, and City, City have to respond to that. I think they will. I think I think they, you know, I think they were stung by by what happened last season. There was a little bit of a feeling that th- there was always going to be time to pull it back. You know, it was like, yeah, we'll be all right. You know, mm. thinking about the previous season when, when they, they trailed and then just pulled it back. In the second half of the season, by winning, was it the last fourteen games? Yes. Um, but it, as as the weeks went by, and Liverpool just kept winning, and, and City kept dropping points. Mm. Um, before they knew it, it was away from them. Um, by the time they went, went to Anfield and, and lost, it was um, it was pretty much all over. Um, and they, they do need to they do need to bounce back pretty strongly, and that means winning the league and or winning the Champions League. I think I don't I don't you know. I think Pep's got a, a very long leash in terms of he always says that you know if 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 I don't do well they, they'll sack me. Um, I think he's got a longer lead than most managers in terms of that because of his relationship with the the board and the fact that they've, they've invested so much uh, in in you know sort of emotionally and and sort of strategically um, in in terms of to bring him in and, and make make a big change in the club. I, I don't, I, you know, unless things went really bad, I don't think uh, they, would, they would contemplate um, mm-hmm. getting rid. Um, but you know, they really need they need a strong start, uh, and they need to perform well. Um, otherwise, question, question, and the fans will be asking questions. You know, if if things don't go well, there have been one or two rumblings about you know, does Pep not? Is is isn't he adaptable enough? Does he adapt too much? You know, against well, yeah, against the Leon like game, Leon. kind of. Yeah, I think there's always been kind of question marks since. You know, Guardiola's not won the Champions League since 11, 2011, I think it is. Never mm-hmm. won it without Messi, and hasn't been to the semis since Bayern. 
And it was unlucky yeah. in some of them buying games. But with City, I feel like every time the City have been like eliminated from the Champions League, it's been in a game, apart from maybe the Liverpool game, because like it's Anfield, kind of Liverpool, and they were unlucky with the offside. But Monaco, Tottenham and uh, Lyon, all teams City should have beaten handily, yeah. have done in numerous occasions with Lyon. Well, they had struggles with Lyon last year, actually, but with Tottenham, at least, they've beaten them kind of handily at times. Um, but every time he just comes out with a formation that has never been seen before, especially mm-hmm. the, the relay since Leon seems so negative and so kind of anti what Guardiola's been all season. Like, mm-hmm. is he is he just second guessing himself? Like, what is he doing? I don't know with this one because we've seen him tinker with a lineup many many times. 90 percent of the time it comes off. City look brilliant, and everyone nails him as a genius. And then the time it doesn't, you know, everyone's, oh, why is he mm. messing with the lineup? Now, is it because he messed with the lineup or is it simply because the players didn't play well? You know, they felt the, they felt the, the strain mm-hmm. um, of being in the Champions League quarterfinals. I mean, yeah. the pe- people have questioned the bottle of the, of, of the players. Um, Sterling you know, missed particularly, like that was in. It, yeah. They could have won the competition, who knows? E- like Exactly, exactly. Small moments like that. They talk about they talk about the details, and it's a detail like that. Like if, yeah, like you say, if that goes in, and then nobody remembers the fact that he started the t- started the game with a, with an unusual lineup, um, but that becomes the focus because they lose the game. So I don't know really. I mean, it, it, it sometimes feels like us mere mortals are, are questioning. Guardiola, when he's, uh, you know, he's clearly clearly knows what he's doing, um, and when it does come off, we all hail him. So when it doesn't come off, is it always because he's tinkered, or, or are there other factors? Sorry, like I've, so City, as, as we said earlier, they've only signed two players. Sorry, my dog's in the room. And she's been really, <laughs> really needed today. She's recently just had a surgery, so she's been a pain in the rear. But we move on. Um, City have only signed two players, but Liverpool have only signed one, a Greek left-back as backup for Robertson. They're linked with Thiago, but they don't look to be strengthening too much. They've missed out on Timo Werner, side. Like, I, 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 is the title going to be closer this year, do you think? Like, has City, has City done enough to make up the difference? Uh, the uh, 20-odd point gap that there was last year? Yeah, I, I don't think there will be a 20-odd point gap this year. Um, I think that... It, it kind of once it was away from City, it was away from them, and also they just weren't consistent enough. So they'd lose one game every four, and Liverpool were ridiculously consistent. I don't think Liverpool will get as many points. I think City will maybe get a few more, um, but I'd expect it to be a lot tighter. But I mean, you know, we praised City for doing early business, but the cooler Bally negotiations are just dragging on and on and uh, you sort of put yourself in Pep Guardiola's shoes and you you said to your bosses last year, I want a centre-back because we need to replace Vincent Company," mm. and they wouldn't pay what uh, Leicester wanted for Harry Maguire and then City's defence was the reason that they didn't yep. win the league or anything other than the Carabao Cup last year. So Pep Guardiola turns around to his bosses again and says, I need a centre-back to replace Vincent Company, and uh, we're what seven days from the start of the season, and mm-hmm. not I wouldn't say they're close to getting Cooler Valley. So, doesn't seem it, does it? Despite the Laurentiis's best efforts to drum up a bit, <laughs> well, well you know, yeah, he's not stopped to the poor lad. He's desperate for it. I mean, it you, seems like you can like admire City's stance of refusing to pay over the odds or refusing to sort of rise to De Laurentiis's bait, but at some point they're they're going to have to pay to. a large chunk of money. You know, do your business or get off the pot, innit? It's, I don't, yeah. it's, it seems very much like... Hey, the Cooler Valley signing to me, it doesn't scream a City signing as it is. He's 29. He's not doubt good, but he's been playing in a middling... Well, especially last year, Napoli were middling. They think they finished about seventh. They weren't very good at all. Um, when I seen him in the Champions League, Kilbad didn't look particularly impressive. Now, so that's such a, a small sample size to go off. But like, he's 29. He's going to cost... If De Laurentiis gets his way, upwards of seventy odd million, it would seem. Um, no doubt the wages would be high. Coming from a new country and league to the Premier League at twenty nine, obviously he'd be alongside Laporte, which you know Laporte and Koulibaly seems like a formidable partnership. But it just doesn't scream to me a City signing as it is. The City under Pep, at least in recent years, they haven't gone for like the player renowned for being good. They've been gone for players who 
you might not have heard of as much are really exciting young players coming through, you know, your Bernardos and, and, and the like who, and Torres, another perfect example, players who kind of, I've already got potential, but then can be moulded into some of the best players in the world. Like, why are they going for Koulibaly's side when it seems such against kind of everything they've done over the last four years? And as we I, said, are they just going to move on for someone else at some point? Because it can't go on forever. I, th- I think it speaks to um, the Im- Im- immense amount <laughs> of things that a uh, company brought as a leader, you know, because when mm. company left, they then decided that Harry Maguire was the top target and Harry Maguire was an established Premier League player who isn't that young either but you know yeah. showed his leadership credentials at the United to the point where I know there was a bit of a vacuum there but made captain very very soon after after joining and I think it's the same with Koulibaly yes he is a very good centre-half but he also is a leader and okay. an example and someone that you know can instantly come into a dressing room and make an impression and I think that's they lost not just company, um, was it 12 months ago, but they lost quite a few important voices in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Silver's gone be... now as well. Yeah. Another one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, if nothing happens with Koulibaly, they will have to move on. Um, and, you know, they do have other mm-hmm. options if if they don't go for him. But it, mm-hmm. it remains the case, the state of play as has been for what seems like 48 years that, you know, they, <laughs> they would like Koulibaly, but they're not going to pay what they think is over the odds for him. Stu, we've reported that Paul Torres and Ruben Diaz are also on the shortlist, and obviously Ake was, but he was uh, snapped up pronto. Um, how long do you think City should kind of pursue, continue to pursue Koulibaly or continue to lack of pursue before, you know, getting it or just moving on to someone else? Like, Ruben Diaz strikes me as a signing that would suit them a lot better. Obviously, not as experienced um, maybe not but I think I'm pretty sure he either is captain or has captain Benfica in the past younger good on the ball it seemed like how long before City do you think should, they should move on to another target you, you've always got to be careful with these because they always come out in threes you know we always hear that you know last, last summer we were told that Harry Maguire um sorry no it was, oh, it was a, no it's a Jorginho one I was thinking of when they, mm. when they were after Jorginho uh, we were told that there were there were two other options as backup. Um, you know, this is a, what I was getting from from sources at City. Um, one of them was Mario Lamina, um, and the other one I can't remember now. But it, and Dombele, yeah, and Dombele, yeah. There we go. So there were three. You know, and we were told if, if Jorginho doesn't happen, we've got two backup, two two as a backup plan. And then when Jorginho fell through. There was no backup plan. They had no intention of going for the other two. Mm. Um, it, you know, three bullets dodged as well. To be fair, with how their respective careers have gone since. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, all all along we've we've heard that yeah, Koulibaly's first choice, but there are there's Diaz and there's, there's Paul Torres um, who, who who might come into that. You just kind of wonder whether that's just. City just just sort of letting Napoli know that you know, we have got other options, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not I'm not so sure they are. Whether whether they will will bring one of those in, um, if if Koulibaly doesn't happen, um, or whether they'll just go into the new season like they did last season, just saying well we're going to have to suck it and see see how we go with Ake and Laporte, and you know it'll obviously be a reprieve for John Stones as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that that will come out in the wash. I mean I'm. Uh, I've not seen enough of, of Pau Torres and Ruben Diaz, to be honest with you. I mean, you've seen, you've seen I've seen nothing of Pau Torres, to be honest with you. <laughs> so no. I have no idea if he's any good. But from what I've seen of Diaz, in like, especially like Nations League games, he's mm-hmm. looked pretty good. But obviously, it's a small sample size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, City will have gone into all that. But uh, it remains to be seen. I mean, it's getting very late now. And we're not hearing any rumblings coming from Spain mm. that, that City are making contact over, over either of those two. Um, so you kind of think that they've still got all their eggs in the in the cooler belly basket at the moment. Mm. Well, one centre back who has been linked, kind of on and off over the summer, uh, size David Alaba. I don't know if you've seen in the news the last couple of days, but Uli Holness has once again been in the press and called Alaba's father um, a money grabbing piranha, amongst other things. Um, yeah. About Alaba kind of not signing a new contract yet, it expires next year. He's a player who's versatile, can play left back and in the middle. 
played under Pep, still at a good age, Champions League winner, and played midfield as well, of course. Like, and God, his father, David Alba's father, is also responding to the rumours and it doesn't sound happy with Holness or the club in the absolute slightest. <laughs> could he be like a one that City could make a move for? He seems like a lot of, kind of like the Messi thing, like a lot of it would just like points to City if he does leave, but I don't know if he actually will. Yeah, it's a, it's a great negotiating ta- tactic that when you, you want a player to stay insult his dad yeah. <laughs> who is like his agent with the look yeah. of it <laughs> yeah um, yeah I mean he's one of those players that like you say is linked to City naturally because of Pep um, mm-hmm. a bit like Thiago now City have kind of stressed that they're not in for for Thiago um, or any any midfielder as mm-hmm. far as I know there haven't been as strong a pushback on on Alaba but that doesn't mean to say that it will happen um, you'd like to think that sort of if Alaba was on the table then he might have been brought up in uh, the Sane negotiations and yeah, the phone, was, yeah. if he was you know such a a priority player um, I, I, I don't know I, I just I feel like um, City still have a lot of work to do in this summer window and like mm-hmm. I don't see how John Stones or Nicholas Otamendi can have shown anything from the back end of last season when they weren't trusted to play at all to show that they can be mm. trusted to play this season because there haven't been any games and there hasn't really been any training. So, you know, if they remain at the club, then it's through a failure for City to do business mm. elsewhere and bring in the players that they they want to bring in. Um, but it, it looks as though, you know, that will be that will be the case at the moment. Um, so, it, I mean, yeah, it, it's all pretty quiet at the minute, but mm. you feel like there's a lot of work that um, City needs to do in the next yeah. three weeks or however long the window is left mm. um, yeah, de- to get that de- squad. Yeah, it definitely seems like the right was on the wall for Stones out at the end of last year, but only Ake's come in. They're going, only going to slip down the pecking order if no one else, if someone else comes in. But how... How do you see the rest of the window going for City, Stu? Do they sign anyone else? Is it just a centre-back? Does any any other kind of um, sly uh, transfers get made towards the end? Does anybody else leave, apart from the, them potential two centre-backs that we just mentioned? How do you see kind of the end of the market playing out? You know, We've still got, what, three weeks or so till the 5th, the 5th of October deadline. Mm-hmm. Like how, how do you think it could still kind of shake out by you know, this time in three weeks? I, I think a centre-back, and that'll be it. I don't think there's... I don't think there's a budget or an appetite to to, to go much, much bigger than that. Um, people keep linking them with attacking midfielders and with, with strikers. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's I think that's one striker is certainly one for the next window next summer. Um, oh, can I just can I just go back um, when we we're talking about the third midfield? I, I checked it because yeah. my memory's terrible, so I checked in my, my files. It wasn't Ndombele, It was Kovacic was the the third one. Oh, okay. The th- so it was Jorginho. Uh, Kovacic and Lamina who were the, who were, who were the three. Um, City, the uh, size quite right that Ndombele was was you know being looked at very closely, but in, in that in that particular that, window, um, Ndombele will have been the Rodri year then when they, yeah, yeah when he went to when a, another two names were picked out and then disappeared yeah. very quickly. Yeah, that's right, that's right. It, it, it is a it's a it's a recurring feature. But anyway, yeah, going back to going back to this this transfer window, I, I do think that centre back. I mean, there, there was some crazy. Um, talk about uh, City having a three hundred million pound war chest to go out, and you know, which which was never ever the case. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, and the the business they have done has been balanced out by by uh, the sailor Leroy Sane as well. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think that they they were ever going to go out and have the kind of spend that they had in in the first summer after Pep arrived. Um, you know, it's, ever since then, it's just been a case of tweaks. And I, I think, I think that you know, it is, it's a substantial, it's a sta- substantial tweak to bring in a new winger that replaces Sane, uh, to bring in a new central defender. But again, that's a year late, uh, and then then bring in another one and perhaps perhaps sell one or or even two. Um, it, it's it's a substantial change, but it's not, it's not the kind of overhaul mm. we saw in the, in the summer of twenty seventeen. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel I, like I, don't... I just feel like a left back is like what they're lacking. Like, I can Cancelo kind of started filling in there, 
towards the end of last year looked good, but like while centre back was kind of the main threat, um, kind of the main problem last year, left back proved to be another one and has been an issue for quite a while. Zinchenko's always been a stop in and he had injury problems last year. Mendy mm-hmm. kind of had his best season in terms of actual playing time. I think he played more games last year in total than he had done in the previous two. So it's good, and hopefully he can. If he could regain the early form he showed, then they'd be golden. But it does seem like left back is kind of another mark against him, sir. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out um, left back strengthening, um, but it, it's time. It's time as much as anything, you know. Like not to harp on about it, but you know they need to get this deal for a centre back over the line, mm-hmm. and they need to sort out who's leaving the club. Um, and City have prided themselves for many years on not being a club that does kind of desperate deals on deadline day, thrashing yeah. about, and this summer is kind of more exceptional circumstances than any other because of the impact of the pandemic. But, um, mm. you know, we're, we're really not far until the start of the Premier League when you would ideally like all your, your business done, but we're really not far until the end of the window. And... Um, you know, centre-back has to be the priority. Do they need um, a left-back potentially? Um, you know, Torres strengthens the attack, um, as Stu said. But it's you, you can't do deals in hours. You know, they take a long time to get sorted. Mm-hmm. Well, Stu mentioned, if, we, if no one else has got anything to say on this window, particularly, Stu did mention then in next summer a striker might be needed and... While there's obviously going to be the for the next year, there's going to be talk of Messi. Another interesting rumor that came out last night, uh, Sai, was that Mbappe is apparently told PSG wants to leave. Now, could that be something for City? That would certainly be the kind of marquee sign, and you can imagine a welcome to Manchester banner me put up for that one. Like, is that the sort of signing City could make next year for the inevitable Aguero replacement? I mean, you know, Guardiola loves Mbappe. Um, City would love Mbappe. It could be very interesting. Um, next summer because obviously Messi will be out of contract mm-hmm. um, you'll uh, you know according to report on Sunday um, Mbappe has told PSG he wants to leave next, next summer and then you've also got um, Erling Haaland over at Dortmund who uh, <laughs> is continuing to impress and there's talk of mm-hmm. a release clause for, for him next summer obviously got um, City links so, well, quite, um, but, you know, any top team has to be looking at Erling Haaland very, very mm-hmm. closely. Um, so there's the potential next summer that Haaland, Mbappe and Messi could all be available and on the move. So uh, which one of those three do you go for? Well, what do you reckon, Stu? Well, all three. Get them in. that would be kind of the absolute <laughs> pinnacle of the um, getting, uh, getting on the transfer window hype train. But, like, but what do you reckon, Stu? Because, like, uh, Stu, sorry, cause, like Messi... It's obviously the dream, but he's 30 odd, 30. Okay, I've written so much about that man over the last month and I can't remember his age. 33 now, be 34 next summer. Yeah, obviously yeah. the best player ever, but Haaland and uh and uh Mbappe both in the early 20s are still teenagers. Going you sign them, they're there, you're there for the next 10 years. Sorted, like, how do you reckon? What would you go for? Yeah, I'd go for that. I'd, I'd go for I'd go for one of the younger lads. Shame. Um, Obviously, Mbappe is different class. Um, the kind of money you'd be talking about for him is is astronomical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and City do do have budgets. I mean, whether, whether they, they think that the the size of his name might sort of offset that a little bit. You know, you they, they, they've never really had a player. You know, Aguero's the closest they've had to a, that, that global star. Um, Mbappe is probably going to be a global star. You know, Messi and Ronaldo at the wrong end of their careers. People are looking for the next Ballon d'Or play. You know the players are going to dominate the Ballon d'Or, and Mbappe is going to be one of them. Uh, you know who's in contention. So the City think to hell with the budget for this year. Let's let's go out and get a player mm-hmm. like that. I mean, we've all seen Haaland has been extremely impressive. Um, Messi is another year down the line. Whether they'll go for. It, Make a make a pitch for him next summer when he's he's thirty four, and I, I suppose a lot of that will depend on how he shapes up this season. If if he's still mm. looking great at the end, you know, come come March April time, well, City will be City will be eyeing, eyeing that up mm-hmm. as a possibility in the summer. Um, you know, the, the chance of getting those two 
Um, maybe given a go, you could even give Aguero another year. Uh, Jesus is still there. Um, mm-hmm. And one that's interested me, I mean, Sino's, and I know he's a bit young now, but Sino know more about him than me, is, is the young lad, Delap. You, you know what? You read through my as well. You read my mind. I was just going to ask, Sai, <laughs> you watched him uh, in the week in the, in the AFL trophy, was it? Or was it a youth cup friendly? I don't know. AFL was trophy, it, it was. AFL yeah. trophy. See, I hate that trophy with all my passion, <laughs> all my being. So apart from when United under 21s battered Salford, that was quite entertaining. But I try and erase everything other about it out of my mind, especially when uh, certain teams get battered by certain other teams, which aren't fun. Um, but yeah, Liam Delap. Um, the son of throwing legend Rory, signed from Derby County last year at City's youth team and has been really impressive since he's arrived there. Yeah, he's done really well. He's impressed a lot of people. Um, he's six foot three or four and uh, he's only 17. He's not 18 until February. Um, just every level, he's every team he's played at at City, he's scored goals in and he started the season with, I think, three three goals in an under-18s friendly and then he scored two at Mansfield with the under-21s and um, he's, uh, yeah, very impressive. Uh, he's, he's great to watch, but part of the reason why he's great to watch is because um, he plays sort of on tilt. He's really angry, he's really aggressive and he's, he, I've spoken to him about it. He says he kind of needs that for his game, um, but he does get a hell of a lot of yellow cards and... On Saturday, he in an under-23s game, he got an assist, he got a goal, and then he got two yellow cards. So he got sent off, and a game they should have won, they ended up drawing. So um, he's going to have to watch that aggression and uh, temper that aggression. Mm, channel it like a certain Wayne Rooney. That's yeah, he's, um, I mean, you know, City don't usually go for these tall, powerful number nines. Um, but, you know, if, if you score goals, then... You're going to win games and you're going to get he's, noticed. And you know, what I've seen, pretty good. From what I've seen, he's pretty good with his feet, though, for a big lad. I mean, the goal he scored at yeah. the weekend against Derby was was brilliant. You know, yeah, he is. He, he's, um, he is technically excellent. Yeah, um, but I just mean he's he's kind of not City, sort of a team of very short players, really. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess they've got to move on at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I Messi is messy, isn't he? But if you um, if you got a chance to sign a Haaland or, a, or an Mbappe, you are going to be, you mm-hmm. know, the the next move Haaland or Mbappe make, um, it's unlikely that City are probably going to be able to sign them from their next club, basically. Yeah. For whereas the mountain fees, yeah. Whereas if there's a chance to get Haaland for his release clause, um, I think he is probably the most similar to Aguero out of those three in terms of mm-hmm. playing style. Um but he's also got the the smallest brand, I suppose, if you you're talking about yeah. the sort of uh, impact that Messi mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent Mbappe would Star have. Star power sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, unless there's any other business you want to talk about with City, I think it is the preview podcast. So we'll do some little season quick five predictions if anyone no 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 any other business first get it out of the way. No. No, no, that's not good. Right, I'll ask you uh, a series of, well, like, I think I've got eight down here. I just want you one-word answers or three words if the referee answers to the question and let us know you see uh, your predictions for the season. So I will go with you first, side, then Stu. So Premier League winner, Si. City. Stu. City. Yeah, I might, I might not be back on this podcast ever again because I think <laughs> Liverpool, I think, I think Liverpool will punch it again. Uh, the rest of the top four, Si. Uh, Liverpool... Chelsea and it's probably going to be United. Stuart? Yeah, Liverpool, United, Chelsea. See, mine would be City, Chelsea and Arsenal instead of United. Uh, relegated, the three relegated teams, sir. Um, Fulham, West Brom and Aston Villa unless Watkins does very, very well. Mm. Stuart? My heart says Brighton, Southampton and Crystal Palace. <laughs> just destroying the south coast there. Just, Absolutely gone. Well, just because they're the furthest away. <laughs> um, but I would say West Brom, Fulham and... Brr, West Brom, Fulham. I go Crystal Palace, actually. Well. Oh, I've got I, know, I know they won. They won. They, they mm, had a good win. And Eze but... looks quality. I've gone Fulham, West Ham and then... 
I originally had Villa, but West Brom looks absolutely diabolical yesterday. So I think West Ham's West, a Brom good, instead. West Ham's a good shout. Oh, that's yeah. a basket yeah. case, but what else is new? Um, top goal scorer for the season, Sai, uh, for the whole Premier League, not just City. Um, tough one. Uh, Salah. Shoot. Yeah, he'd have to go Salah. He's already three ahead of everybody else. That is true, but I've gone Aubameyang. Who's in, who's in your fancy team, Dan? Aubameyang and Salah and Havertz, oh, Fernandez oh. and Greenwood. I've gone heavy in midfield. Strikers right. are Bamford and Batshuayi. Bamford did deliver, to be fair, but I've got a feeling that might have changed because it's a bit of lightweight up top. Um, uh, don't don't one, ask who's in my fantasy team. Uh, if, <laughs> have you not got one, by any chance? No. Oh, get with it, man. It's good. <laughs> uh, a best signing throughout the league, say. Uh, who will um, prove to be the best man? Or who, what do you think is the best bit of business you've seen? I obviously there's a lot of good talk about Alan. I feel like Alan is going to be the overrated, mm. underrated signing yeah. of the season. The Carrick, the Carrick of the season. Uh, everyone is already talking about how no one will describe him as the best signing of the season. He which was very good, to be fair. He it was, was very good. good, yeah. But you know, can can he be under the radar? everyone's talking about how good he is and how no one else is talking about how good he is. <laughs> um, from from a City point of view, I'm very excited to watch Ferran Torres and see mm. how he does. Yeah, he was very excited, very fast and skillful. Stu, how about you? Yeah, I was I was going to say Torres. Um, I mean, he's others, you know, I think Chelsea have bought well. Mm-hmm. I think Werner will go well and Havertz. Um, yeah. I think William's a great signing for them. You can't really call him a new boy though, can you, since he's been in the Premier League forever. <laughs> Um, but I think he'll. I think he's a great signing. Um, sorry, that I said for them, didn't I? I meant from them. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm like Sai. I'm really looking forward to see how Torres. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite often when you get a player from Spain, it takes him a while to settle. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you think of Aguero scoring two on his debut yeah. and never looking back. So. Well, it feels like it feels like Pep takes his time with new attacking signings like Bernardo and uh, the like, kind of, and uh, Rodri. Well, I mean, he's not really attacking, but midfielder kind of get eased mm. into it a little bit. So it might be yeah, a few months so, before. Yeah, took a while as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I, I think uh, once once Torres finds his feet, I think mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see something special. For me, I think Ziyech at Chelsea. I can't. I think he's kind of gone under the radar mm-hmm. a bit yeah. because yeah, he's the other one. they've done so much more good business elsewhere. But I'm yeah. really excited to see what he can do in the Premier League. And Sai flop of the season, flop signing. Oof. Um, Have United signed anyone yet? <laughs> Big Donny. <laughs> um, yeah, he might be all right actually. I think he'd have to be a good signing to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, oof. He's desperately trying not to say Stumped. Ake. Stumped. <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah, it's a difficult one, flopper there. Um I mean, surely one of Chelsea's has to not come yeah, off. Sure, all of them can't be good. Werner um, has a bit of a James Rodriguez. That's mine. That was mine. And he played really well <laughs> yesterday. And I was like, do I stick to my guns here or do I change? But I'll stick to it. I'm yeah, he's, he's had, what, he's had his one good off. game now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I um, I will say I thought Heuberg was a bit of a strange signing from Spurs. <laughs> he was awful yesterday. <laughs> he was so bad. My God. I, I can't I've... wait for season two. I quite like Hoiberg. I really like Matt Doherty. I mm. fear for both of them. Yeah, well, Mourinho is Tottenham. He's not a right back. He's a right wing back. He's been playing yeah. back for the last four years and was getting torn to shreds by Rich Allison. So it's not looking good for him. It's not at all. Uh, Dark horse team of the year, Si. Um, does Southampton class as a dark horse? Yeah, I'll give you Southampton. I, I agree, yeah. even though they didn't have a good start. I think, uh, uh, sh- yeah, surprise defeat, but they should be good. Shoot. I'm not sure we can call my dark horse now after after the weekend, but Leeds. Oh man, you keep agreeing with me. We're on the same. I'm, way, almost, I'm almost liking Leeds. I don't know what's. Uh, it's the Marshall effect. I can't handle it. I'm going to need counselling. I think they, they, they're starting to make me like them. You know, mm-hmm. you say I'm old enough to remember when when Leeds were the most loathed team in the in mm. the land, uh, when they were filthy and, and horrible and cheating. Successful. Um, mm. Yeah, and now, <laughs> now they, I mean they still got the cheating, but obviously we're spying on other teams. <laughs> But they're uh, they, they're lovely to watch. You, just, you know, mm. and it's just nice. I like seeing teams come up and and doing yeah. well, and they've just come up and gone to Anfield without any fear and put yeah. on a 
put on a really good performance and uh, really unlucky. Mm. You know, Liverpool were a better team, but I thought Leeds deserved something out of the game. No, I agree. I think I think that I could see them having like a whole Blackpool start to the season, being like in a European place at Christmas, but then having the mother of all crumbles and finishing about fifteenth. But I think I agree. I think there'll be a dark cause. And one of my final questions, not quite there yet, nearly there, was like, what's your most, what you're most excited for this season? Mine was my, you know, Bielsa versus Guardiola. Kind of, Bielsa is who set Guardiola on. He's kind of, you know, this greatest managerial career we've seen in recent years. Um, it's going to be like a the circle finally being complete when they two face in the Premier League. It's going to be, as we've seen with Leeds going at Liverpool, they're going to go at City. It's going to be a great game. That's what I'm kind of most looking forward to for the season. How about you, sir? Um, I've no idea if it will be if it will happen or not, but I will be very happy indeed if I get to sit in a full stadium well, before the end of the season. Yeah, and he's, that's he's just nicked mine. He's just nicked mine. It's been <laughs> it's been destroying my soul. Oh, that's sitting, horrible, uh, isn't it? Sitting stadiums with, without any fans. Um, yeah. We kind of didn't even not... touch on it. It's kind of become normal. We've not even mentioned it. In yeah. Talk about the season. It was kind of accepted that we needed to not have fans as football returned, but it, you kind of hoped that it would be linear. And uh, mm. certainly, the way the country is going, things don't really seem that positive at the minute. It, no. and, you know, with the the trials for fans being pushed back and reduced, and mm-hmm. everyone arrested if they're seen out beyond dusk or anything like that yeah it's getting quite strange yeah so it certainly don't feel very positive to be starting a season Mm. with no fans yeah Um, I think I felt it the most like when Leeds equalised from City's own by Jack Harrison we should hasten to add with a great goal like you just felt that like if if the Leeds fans are in there like they're in absolute carnage like it'd have been sensational but um, it just kind of you felt the impact there when you know Leeds of all teams having the misfortune and and Liverpool to be fair you know they, their first Premier League title was in front of nobody. It's quite yeah. sad even if you you know don't like the club, it's kind of horrible to see and Leeds as well first time back in the Premier League and so forth. And yeah, I, I think we can all say that we hope to be back there bloody soon because it's just I can't, I'm kind of lucky. I, I support a, a non-league club that are low enough to have fans back in, and our season starts on Saturdays. But it's not the same, you know. That's just yeah. a few lads having a couple of pints at the pitch side. It's not um <laughs> it's not going mad in a full twenty thousand seater stadium. Um, yeah. so let's hope we get there soon. My final question is who's gonna win the Champions League this season? So by Munich. Stu? Yeah, I'd have to call on yeah, It is yeah, you, you, you can't look at anyone else. I, I just kind of worry if maybe like the Bundesliga troubles might hold them back in the Champions League. Let's hope so. We can only hope because we don't want them to dominate Europe as well. But they look like the only team that actually, when we say that, we talked about Hooness is out there earlier, but they look like the only team who've got themselves together on a yeah. complete basis, really. And we'll soon see. Well, we're looking forward to watching the final with you, dear listeners and readers. Go over to MEN, Manchester United News, Fast Life, Man City for all your city needs. Make sure you subscribe and all that jazz to the podcast. Give it a rating. Share it with your buddies and your pals. Give it a listen in the car. Do everything. Nice one for listening. I'll see you later. Say goodbye, you two. Bye. Bye.